A few weeks ago, I got to watch the documentary Origin Story. It's about the complicated relationship between a daughter and her mother and the secrets and lies that both bind and break that sacred relationship. Right from the start, this doc hits us with a punch in the gut. The daughter takes us to her childhood and into a room where her mother is fighting with the man she has always known as her father. In a huff, she starts venting. He is wrong. I am right. I stand up for him. Dad and I get along better. He yells less. Red-faced and pissed off, she says. Why are you defending him? He's not your real dad. Imagine finding out the man you thought was your father was actually not your real dad, and that it was your mother who told you this in a moment of spite. What do you do when the person who made you also breaks you? I'm Tanya Mosley, and that's the topic we're taking on on this episode of Truth Be Told. Dear Truth Be Told. Dear Truth Be Told. Dear Truth Be Told. I need your help. The story we just shared with you belongs to Kulap Vilaisak. This lady is a force. She's a Lao-American actor, writer, producer, and comedian based here in Los Angeles. But for all of her accomplishments for so long, Gulap was broken. It made me stop trusting. It made me stop trusting my parents. I just felt like everybody lied to me. And because I couldn't remember what happened and I had filled in the blanks in my own head, it made me stop trusting myself. Come on, come on. It also, to me, crystallizes my problem with my mom. That she has, like, no problem saying awful things to me to hurt me. You can only live with this kind of abuse and betrayal from your mother for so long. And so Kulop needed to confront her and, if possible, mend their fractured relationship. Not for the benefit of her mother, but so that she could make sense of her own life. It's why we brought Kulop in as our wise one this week, because our question asker is dealing with the exact same thing, the abuse and betrayal of a mother. Kulop, welcome. Thank you for having me. What a beautiful introduction. I appreciate it. You know, there are so many moments uh, that I felt so deeply for you in watching this documentary. There was this one moment when you were really, really angry. Uh, You basically stood up. You uh, took the chair and you threw it and then you start throwing other things in the room. And um, it really felt like this was a boiling point for you. A rage came up and I started throwing things around. It's not something that I normally do, really. I mean, I did have the wherewithal not to throw my computer. I knew even Your in that. Yeah. No, 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 no. These MacBooks. <laughs> like, I can't. I can't do that. Um, a little bit too expensive. A little too yeah. expensive, but this chair can go down. And you think that you move past things and you figure yeah. stuff out. Unfortunately, buried things don't always stay buried. And then... Yeah. 
it doesn't feel like you're in control at a certain point because you're getting into sort of some primal stuff, some really mm. old stuff, some like rewiring stuff. It's wild. <laughs> Absolutely. I was really struck by the ending of Origin Story and everyone out there, you, you have to watch it. Uh, but you said at the end, an origin story is only a beginning. There are other stories to tell, which actually brings us to our question asker. Hi, Truth Be Told. My name is Vivi. I'm 29 years old. Um, I've been estranged from my single mother on and off since I was 16. She came to the U.S. as a refugee and has a lot of unresolved trauma from all of her life experiences. Though I respect her a lot, this has created tensions and toxic forces in our relationship, which I've dealt with by setting boundaries and cutting her off from my life. I want to know how I can honor the respect and love that I have for my mother while also acknowledging that the relationship isn't healthy for me. I feel you, Vivi. I know you, Vivi. Vivi is me. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a story that a lot of us Southeast Asian kids can relate to. Right. You know, her story is so similar to yours. But before you answer her question, let's listen as she explains a little bit more about her relationship with her mom. I grew up in a primarily immigrant, low-income, primarily Vietnamese community. We're told from day one, like from the moment we're born, that filial piety is a real thing. Your mother gave birth to you. You have to be there for her. Family is everything. Blood is thicker than water. All of that stuff. And um, I take that very seriously. And I took that very seriously. But it came to a point where she also got caught up. She was gambling. She was also being abused by um, the partner she was with at the time. And I remember very vividly going to the bank and I found out she had pulled all of the money out of my bank account. You know, I think about her almost every day. I'm guessing it's so hard to let go um, of this idea that above all, a mother is your mother, you know, this expectation that uh, we respect our elders. It's hard to let go of the guilt when you're in a situation like you and really the question asker. What was your turning point in gaining balance for yourself? Um, my 30s, really, and she's, she's maybe your Saturn's returning. Um, <laughs> your Saturn's <laughs> returning. You're coming up on your Jesus year. But for, uh, look, mm. my 30s, that was uh, jokingly called my wellness train, where I did a lot of man, woman in the mirroring. I took on a lot of uh, healing modalities. At 28, I started therapy. Um, mm. and I took major strides in, um, trying to heal myself because I looked around and I thought I have a really tough historical relationship with my mom. I'm looking around. I am, uh, I don't have intimate relationships with other women and there's a direct mm. unbroken line to why that is. And at 30, I'm like, I want to work on this. I know this is a problem. Mm. And now I start to examine all the things that I do to survive, how I keep people at bay, how mm. my voice goes up high so that I'm not threatening so people won't hurt me, how, <laughs> right. yeah, how all the many things I do to be a balm uh, mm-hmm. so that, you know, people will want to be around me. 
um, mm-hmm. how I don't share what's happening with me and I only focus on other people. It was learning how to heal myself. Where do you think she should start her road to this healing? Um, I would highly, highly recommend therapy because in healing oneself, um, it's good to seek people who can help you. Yep. I always want to say to folks too, because we always recommend therapy on this show, but that it is okay if the first person you go to is not the person. You know, when it comes to therapy, like you oftentimes have to do the homework and you have to trial and error and it may not be the first or even the second. That's right. And maybe the step in between is for you to be with people who know you, who understand, but there's a shorthand and there's an ease where you don't have to explain Mm. yourself. You get people who get you and that's really, really important. But one thing that I noticed as you were um, going through this process and recording yourself for this documentary is that you continued to contact your mother despite the fact that she was insulting you. So I know it was for the purposes of the Mm -hmm. documentary, but also it was for the purpose of your healing. And I'm thinking about that in the context of our question asker, Vivi, because you know, there becomes a point when you are dealing with toxic family members and your your mother specifically, your mom, she guilt-tripped you about not lending her money. She guilt-tripped you about you calling her for this documentary and she thought it was about her, but it was really about you, this documentary. And so I'm thinking about that. What tools would you give Vivi? She obviously loves her mother still. She obviously is coming to this point where she wants to be able to have a relationship with her mother, but still maintain a sense of self-respect. First of all, how my mom spoke to me, um, that is the tip of the iceberg. But I guess maybe what was different for the documentary is how I react to what she says to Mm. me. And how Mm -hmm. I got better at reacting was through a bunch of therapy. Um, It's truly a rewiring that needs to occur, it has to do with dealing with your side of the fence first. So Mm. meaning doing the hard work on yourself before you can get to a place where things don't affect her like they did before, where things don't cut to a Mm. core, where her entire past, she carries it with her as she speaks to her mother. Hmm. Or she's fine until her mom does something and then it explodes, right? You have to help Mm. yourself first before you can help other people. And these are hard lessons, by the way, Vivi, hard lessons. And I failed so much. I failed over and over again because it's... In what ways? Give us an example. What do you mean by that? Well, in that when I was first putting boundaries before I really, I just completely cut her out of my life uh, for some time. I would get so upset after her seeing a pattern of her, me putting it out of boundary, her kind of acknowledging it and then disregarding it over and over again. I would still get upset as if it was the first time. (laughs) Our moms show us who they are. We can't wish for our past to be different. Oh, and that one was a tough one to get past. To, To mourn the loss of the relationship you wish you had, but it never was. It never was. 
your mother sort of acknowledged that in this documentary. I never really felt like you liked me growing up. You were just always so angry with me all the time. I just felt like anything I did wasn't well, um, right. I want you to be perfect. I want you to be... I want you to, to be better than me. To have more life going than me. And I do the best I can. I know, Mama, I you're so hard. <laughs> so yelling so much, so much I yelling. did. I was... I changed after I have Anita and Elsa. I did. When we were with you, I was... I was horrible back then. Well, I'm, I'm not very good mom, too. I don't know. There you can to tell the word that your mom is bad mom. There is such a yearning for acknowledgement, though. So maybe you can't get back what you, what you never had. But acknowledging from your mother, your mother acknowledging that, hey, this was fucked up. Hey, I was not a good mother. Yeah, yeah but let me tell you this. When she apologized, like, I thought all I wanted from my parents was an apology. And I thought it was going to yeah. feel different. Guys, it does not change the past. Yeah. Those choices were made. Mm. They were. It doesn't change. I, I thought it would be so satisfying since they never apologized mm-hmm. for anything. And maybe for a little bit, I was like, I got it. I finally got it. And yeah. I got it on the camera. But it's just a piece of candy. It's how mm. you feel about it. How you feel yeah. about the past. How you react to what she says to you. First of all, just, just, I really need to say this is Vivi loves her mom and Vivi's mom loves her. And that's, Mm. and, and, and Vivi not talking to her mom doesn't mean that Vivi doesn't love her. Yeah. And here's the tough thing. (laughs) Vivi's mom taking her money away from her doesn't mean Vivi's mom doesn't love her. Here's the other thing. This is so hard. It has nothing to do with Vivi. (laughs) Like it sucks. It's, it's so hard. Oh, gosh, I know about it, Vivi. Trust me that I understand. (laughs) Like, trust me. I mean, it didn't make it in the documentary, but one of the most telling and truthful things my mom said to me on the phone while I was shooting it was that she does not know how to be in a family. Vivi's mom came when she was 16. Yeah, she came to the United States at 16 years old. She was still a kid. And by the way, I'm saying this. I'm like, when I stick up for your mom, Vivi, I'm just saying I'm not taking her side. I'm sticking up for you. And telling mm-hmm. you that I totally understand what it was like to grow up with her and to be her daughter yeah. now. And when people are like, what you need to do, your mom, your mo- you only have one mom, they, they're they thinking about their mom. They do not know what it's like to, mm-hmm. to be us, to be, mm. to be our mother's daughters. They don't know. It's their yeah. stuff. That's a really important point to think about, though, because, yes, when we bring up mothers, we immediately go to our relationships with our mothers. And it's such a deep and profound relationship just at its base, at its core. The other two things I'm hearing from you, one is really Vivi taking the time to find healing for herself outside of her mother. The second thing, this idea of you thinking about your mother as an individual and not your mother. Like she is a person outside of you. 
and yeah. the things that she dealt with and the things that Vivi's mom dealt with before she arrived here at 16 years old and the life that she lived before Vivi came into the world play a huge part in what Vivi experiences. And that is aside from her being her mother. And that's a hard thing as just a human being. I think it's like we're wired to think that like the world revolves around us and our parents, our relationship with our parents and how they were molded really is like tied so tightly to us. It's our lineage. I mean, trauma is passed through our DNA and then reinforced by our Mm. environment. And just because... Vivi had a broken mommy doesn't mean Vivi has to be broken. Mm. Which actually brings us to something else. Um, Vivi is actually coming to this time where she's uh, asking herself whether she wants to be a mother. People keep asking me, are you going to have kids? Why don't you want to have kids? Or people often say that I'm like, you know, the mother of the community. I do a lot of mothering for my friends who I consider to be my chosen family. I did a lot of mothering growing up. I I just think that I have really um, intense maternal instincts. It's just a part of who I am. And I just wonder where those instincts or where that sense of nurturing came from, if not from my mother or my grandmother. I guess I would just feel sad if one day I was in that position and I felt maybe misunderstood and somebody cut me out. There's so much there. And I know it sounds familiar to yeah, you. Yeah, but Vivi, I bet you wouldn't take money out of your kid's account. Because mm. those are the questions she's asking herself. Like, I think that's a fear. Anyone who is relatively conscious is thinking about, if they're thinking about whether or not to have children, am I going to carry on this trauma? Am I going to do this to my children and I'm afraid about that because I don't want to do that? So that's something that's natural. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would, I would, and that was a part of the documentary for me as well, and maybe not something really touched on um, in it, is that I was so afraid, I'm so afraid, my my mom also hit me, so that rage has a physical component. Your mom physically yeah. hit you. Yep. Yeah. So, when the physical abuse ended, the the emotional abuse, that heated up, and yeah, I'm totally afraid that I'd hit my kid. Like, I'm so, so afraid that I'd fuck them up. Um, Mm. And through this process, I think, uncovering these secrets, it was a way to prepare myself to really explore what motherhood would look like for me and if that's what I really wanted. Where are you in that process right now? I've miscarried six times. I'm sorry. Yeah, it sucks. It really, really sucks. And I don't know how it's going to happen. I do know, much like Vivi, I have maternal instincts uh, f- to my friends and, and um, to the family that I choose as well, uh, to my dogs. <laughs> so I, I'm at a place where I know I want to be a mother. I just don't know what the path is. Um, yeah, yeah. I, but I have surrendered to the fact that, that it... It, it may not be what I, in a way that I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I can't state enough that we need more people in this world who are thinking deeply and 
thinking critically about whether or not um, they should be parents. Yes, that's absolutely true. And what what parenthood looks like. That's right. But also not being so hard on yourself and thinking about the fears around replicating uh, what you went through as a as a child, because there's a way to break that cycle. But but part of that is all of the things that you are doing, coming to the idea that you not, now know you want to be a mother, and that's working on yourself, yeah. acknowledging the harm done to you, and acknowledging that those things are in you. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a mom, and I'm angry a lot, and I find myself... Like, I'll be talking and I'm like, how did my mother get in the room? What is going on? And then I have to check myself and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Whew, okay, yeah. let me calm myself. Let me go for a walk or something. So, yeah. yeah. And then also, I mean, it, it's obvious why Vivi is the way she is, right? She 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 evolved to, to be the mother that she didn't have. They say mm. the way we love is the way we want to be loved. Mm. And... Hmm. Mm. So there's there that's the part of the healing as well is to be the good mommy, be a good mother to yourself, not to be so hard on yourself. To be a good mother to yourself. Yeah, because here's that whole thing about, you know, tending to your side of the fence, your garden. At a certain point we reach an age where it's like, yeah, that happened, but like I I I can do something about it. Vivi's yeah. mom, there's this was another tough lesson is that I'm coming at my parents with therapy and with like, you know, living in California and all, I got crystals. I got, you know, I got, sh- yes, I got white lady yeah. shamans. I got like, you know, I'm, I'm burning too. things. Yep. I'm like, you know, yep. and I'm, I'm yep. expecting them to meet me where I'm at. Like, yeah, no, yeah. no, like mm. it's, they can't, they don't have that language. They don't have that language. Yeah. So it's like, it really is on us to yeah. to work that stuff out to not expect that they're going to 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 meet us where we're at cuz they don't they can't they actually yeah. can't mm. what if she gets to all of this and the decision is not to have a relationship with her mother even still that's okay and that's and, okay. That's okay. <laughs> and th- the thing yeah. is, is like, we just got to go day by day here. And today, today hmm. doesn't feel right. And guess what? Like, maybe she decides to have a relationship. Doesn't mean she has to stay in it. Mm. It's These things aren't fixed. No, they're not. What is fixed is she's, your, she's her mom and she loves her. That part. But, the can, you know, what, what that love looks like, that's, she is the architect of, of, of her life. And then what this relationship is going to be. You know, Mother's Day is coming up. Uh, Vivi is at the beginning of her healing process. What advice would you have for her as she navigates and, and thinks about this time where everyone's talking about their mothers and how wonderful their mothers are and their wonderful relationships with their mothers? Yeah, it can be a tough day for, for some of us. Um, and for some whose moms have passed away, the absence and in many ways, Vivi is mourning the absence of her mother. And in many ways, her mother is... It's the thing with her, I know, is her mom is with her. Like her mom, even though they may not be speaking to each other at the moment, you can hear it in her voice when she's talking about her. Her mother mm-hmm. occupies a space in her mind, as a uh, psychic once told me. <laughs> um, psychic someone told me, is like your parents and your mom, she's occupying s- space 
in your mind, you're thinking about her all the time. You're wondering about what they're doing. Cool up. That is profound. Yeah. yeah. And simply she's not paying rent. <laughs> That's right. She's there, but she's not paying rent. <laughs> she's not paying rent. She's, ta- she's taking a, a large wing. <laughs> yeah. She's using amenities. The water is running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the foods being eaten, even the things that you marked in your fridge, and so yeah. <laughs> you have to, um, you have to evict, you have to evict, and mm. that seems so harsh, but it's like it's really redefining what your relationship is with her, and what can be expected of your mom. Mm-hmm. And I would advocate, in support of you, that you probably can't expect much from your mom. And unfortunately, um, or fortunately, depending how you look at it, it will be so much about how you decide to move forward, how you hmm. you redefined who she is to you. Of course, she's always your mom, and there will always be love, but it's complicated and it's messy. Kulap, if you were in front of Vivi right now, what what's the parting advice that you would give her? It's uh, okay. My parting advice is something that a therapist and I have kind of been working on lately. And maybe this is an exercise that she could try. We tell ourselves some kind of stories over and over again. Mine was my origin story. I said, it, I told it so much that it, it, I told it by rote. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have those memories of stories we tell. And to go to a tough memory with her mom, to, to picture that memory and Everything still happened. But in this mind game or in this mind exercise, when Vivi was a kid, something happened with her and her mom. Then Vivi as an adult steps in to the memory in her mind. Mm. She steps in front of and protects the child. Mm. She tells mom to go away for a little bit, to get out of the room wherever you're at. And she holds the child and and she consoles her. And she tells her, it's not your fault and it'll be okay. And everything happened, right? Everything happened. We're not denying everything happened. But you take her into her room, into the place that she feels safe. You hand her the, the stuffed animal that she loved and you take that picture too. You take that picture. Kulap, you're bringing me to tears. I just did this exercise with you. It's really powerful to go back to yourself as a child. Yeah. And be the one to protect yourself. Yeah. Be the one to protect yourself. Oh, it's so hard. We're asked to do so much and to be so many things, right? But that's the, what you're saying about mothering yourself. It's an, it's an extenuation of what you were saying earlier about being the mother to yourself. Yeah. Mm. Kulap Vlaishak, thank you so much for laying yourself bare for the betterment of yourself and all of us. Thank you. Thank you for seeing me. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. And Vivi, thank you for being so open with us and taking this step of healing because that's that's the first step into something that is a long process. She will be spending the rest of her life working through this but it's such a powerful step. It's such an important yeah, one. Yeah, and just so you know, you're just, 
I, I understand you so fully. I get you. You don't have to explain yourself anymore. I, I really relate to you. I know that. Thank you, Kulap, for sharing your story, not only for the sake of your own healing, but also for so many who can relate. And in case you're wondering, since Origin Story was released, Kulap's relationship with her mother has changed. Her mom got sick recently, and that experience changed her. She kind of lost her biting edge. So they don't really talk very often, but Kulap says they're still very much in each other's lives. And that's the thing. Life is so fluid. It's not linear. I'm actually just starting to learn that. And what I mean by that is that difficult relationships don't always have to stay that way. Sandia Dirks is a dear friend of mine, and she was our editor for season one. And she's done a lot of meditating on the relationship she has with her mother. She even produced an audio documentary about it called The Cave Woman of India, Tracing My Scars as an Immigrant's Daughter. Her mom is actually there now in India in the midst of this COVID-19 crisis. And even though they are thousands of miles away, they're now actually closer now than ever before. They talk every other day, and that's way more than they used to. Good night. Good morning. It's night for me, but morning for my mother, all the way across the world in India, where she is stuck, alone, during a pandemic. Isn't it late for you? It's a little bit late, but it's not, it's not yeah, that Yeah, go late. to sleep. Mom, it's okay. Today is a busy day for your mama. Why is it so busy? I've had three packages from Amazon. Oh, big day. Which involves going out. She's not going far, just downstairs. India is not sheltering in place. They're on lockdown. To pick up her packages, she wraps herself in scarves from head to toe. My mummy, the mummy. You know, I mean, life has become absurd. Life has become fully absurd. I agree. I absolutely. I mean, you know, I feel like I'm acting full time in the theater of the absurd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here am I in a play, so I should be happy, except I have no audience. My mother and I had been semi-estranged for a long time. Part of it had to do with her bipolar disorder, with my own mental health struggles, with all the trauma that ping-ponged between us. In the last several years we've been working, I've been working, to change that. And then this pandemic came, and somehow... In the liminal, suspended time of fear and loss, everything shifted. How are you doing with being alone? I'm all right. Being alone? I mean, yeah. It's my fate. It's my fate in life, Sandhya. So not too badly. Oh, A lot worse, less badly than most other people who are locked in with their families they can't stand and all of that. Sandhya, I'm just living my normal life, just a little less uh, gregariously. Hi. Hi, Mama. How are you? I'm good. Hold on one second. You sound down. 
I'm not down. Okay, just so long as you're good. I was a bit down that day, and having her pick up on something small and broken in my voice is a gift. One of the reasons I self-quarantined for my mother for so long was I felt her pain erased me. At first, I started checking in with mommy because I was worried. The virus was this scary spotlight. Everything else faded away. All of a sudden, the only thing I needed from my mother was for her to survive. My mom is of a certain age in a country that is likely to have untold deaths. Just like here, just like anywhere, it will hit the poor hardest. White supremacy in America is mirrored by Hindu nationalism in India. My mom's lucky. She has a place to shelter in. Still, Indians are an up-close people. The culture doesn't exactly fit with social distancing. My mom tells me about this one guy who was edging too close to her while she was getting groceries. And, you know, I said to him, you stay away. Do meter. And he looked at me and he's edging up. Oh, forget it, this silly old woman. And I'm, I'm telling him, and fortunately there are old women shopping beside me. I said, you are young. It's no problem for you. I will die if I get it. You said that? Yeah. Go, mom. I love it. And the ladies beside me going, yay, go on. <laughs> Go, go. I love you. I love it, mom. That's, I love you. That's, that's great. I was once in a train in India and there was this huge cockroach walking across. You know, we have to sit there and some even have to sleep there. So I killed a cockroach. <gasps> Everybody went, oh my God, she's killed a cockroach. She killed an animal. Ahimsa, ahimsa, ahimsa. Ahimsa, loosely translated, means respect for all living things. Then I fell asleep, right? And this guy wakes me up in the middle of the night and he points out another cockroach. <laughs> For you to kill. Yes. My mother, the cockroach slayer. I imagine my mother, a tiny warrior with a shock of silver hair, taking on cockroaches, taking on privileged men who get too close. She's fearless. She's brave. Somehow, this virus has knocked us out of the shadow of her pain, of my pain. We talk in the light. Uh, Mommy, I'm, I just wanted to tell you that the one thing that I'm really glad about in this pandemic is that we get to talk so much. Yep, it's really good. I mean, I, yeah. And we need to keep it up even once the pandemic goes. Not maybe as often, but... Yes. Certainly more this way than the previous. Okay? Okay. More this way than the previous. Okay. Love you. I love you too, mommy. Bye. Bye. We've heard a lot about growing up with difficult parents in this episode. I now want to hear from all of you who are raising or caring for a child or children We're all home with our kids 24 hours a day now, and I've actually been thinking a lot about how I can use this time to strengthen my children's curriculum. With all of the important things like cultural identity and history that's been absent from their schooling for so long. But it's not easy, I'm telling you. 
I want to know what are some of the problems or issues or concerns that you're dealing with right now? What are some questions or dilemmas you're having that you want one of our wise ones to take on? Email us at truthbetold at kqed.org or leave us a voicemail at 415-553-2802. That's 415-553-2802. On our next episode, therapy. Yeah, we talk a lot about it. But one thing we don't talk about is the stigma in some black communities about going to a stranger for help. The healthcare system was not on our side, quote unquote. And so, of course, it causes distrust where it was like, well, systemically, they're trying to hold us back through this. So why would I trust them? Queer Eyes Karamo joins us to talk about black men and therapy next time on Truth Be Told. Truth Be Told is produced by Susie Racho, Issa Mendoza, Katie McMurrin, and Rob Spate. KQED's leadership team includes Erica Aguilar, Ethan tobin Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. A big thanks to Kiana Mogadam and the good people at NPR West. Truth Be Told is a production of KQED in San Francisco. I'm Tanya Mosley.